Hey, Sean Capri, and welcome to episode 101 of We The Gamer Cast. It's the official podcast of WeTheNerdy.com, and it comes to you on iTunes, Google Play, and mother-loving YouTube every single Monday. Thank you for listening and subscribing, hitting a thumbs up, leaving a comment, and a huge thank you to our executive producers over on Patreon.com slash MakeUsBetter. Nick Militia from Next Level Games, Joel Brooks, James Johnson, Dr. Doom, Jesse Armstrong, Sheldon Benedict, and Glocko Schaefer, you guys, are so amazing. I don't even have words other than thank you. Your support means the world. And if you're watching the video, I'm touching my chest. It's very heartwarming that you guys and all of our patrons support us over there, making this show better, making us on YouTube. we got some video. I'm now in a new recording space. I've actually moved everything so that I can scream hey and be away from my resting wife and my sleeping baby. I'm now locked in the basement. I've got a bathroom very close to me, a little little faux ensuite over here. But that's neither here nor there. If you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet. And if you want to be part of the show, just tweet at me at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery Capri, like the pants. I've got a great guest this week. Grouchy Surge is here, everybody. You all know him. He's a, an active member of many communities, whether you listen to this show or any show on Day Space with Mega Dads or the Normal Dads. Grouchy Surge is there, man. And he's been around for a while. So this is a very long time coming. So I'm excited to get to our chat in just a bit. And I want to uh, express more heartfelt thank you to everybody for your kind words and sharing episode 100. It's um, something that I'm very proud of. I labored over that for many, many hours. I know that that we had a it was a team effort. We had so many people really help. And to see that come together, the fact that we were four separate people, all coming together and make this amazing, you know, at least I think it was amazing. I don't say that about things that I do very often, but I, episode 100 is something that I am very pleased to stand beside and to look back on that and all the amazing conversations. I think I was talking to Mark Carabin about this, that one of the goals that I had for We The Gamer Cast right from the very beginning was I was always, there was, I was inspired, but also like there was like this allure of the prospect of having dozens and dozens and hundreds now of, of, amazing conversations and to have that as like a catalog of chats is I think so awesome. I'm so happy with how that turned out. And I think that it's encouraging some of you to go back too. So um, don't go back too far. I think that things have come a long way, but if you do go back and enjoy it uh, for, for what it is and, and those are stepping stones to where we are now. I also want to thank Joey Hare, very much for being a new patron over on patreon.com slash make us better. It's because of you guys that the show is on YouTube right now. Um, I've been throwing away webcams that aren't working pretty much all morning. <laughs> uh, so, so video works. Obviously I've done it for Nerdflix and chill, which was a show that I did for a while. And I've done, and I use it for, uh, obviously if we we're on Nintendo with Bobby, but for some reason, some extra special pressure when it comes to this and, and my technology is failing me a little bit. But I think I've got it. I think it's working. And if you're on YouTube right now, thank you guys for joining us on the Nerdies YouTube channel. So that's great. I'm going to get into our chat. I don't, I don't have a whole heck of a lot, guys. I also have a huge room to clean up around me. Like I, in the, in the scope of the video, everything looks pretty good. In fact, Bobby told me this morning that he can't tell the difference. But if you look just, just to my left, there's about a dozen pillows or so. There's some, 
bedding and there's just crap everywhere. So I've got some cleaning to do, which I enjoy. I'll have my, my computer speakers just playing some music and some podcasts stuff. I've got a great day ahead of me. I hope you guys are having a great day as well. I'm excited about a couple things to talk about before we get into our chat. I have been wanting to do, I, I could probably do 12 podcasts really. Like I have, I would like to engage more with people and I want to, I really wanted to focus some energy on Xbox actually. So on day space, we wanted to make sure that we have, we have a podcast for everyone. We have this interview podcast. We've got a couple of Nintendo shows. I mean, you name it, day space is going to be there. We've got the weekly or the, the morning show with forget being cool, but an Xbox show is missing and we needed an Xbox show. And I'm so happy to tell you guys that I'm going to be doing an Xbox show with Dave Moore himself. It's called the Xbox Drive. You can follow it on Twitter at the Xbox Drive. We haven't recorded anything yet, so I may be telling you to go to some ways that, that nothing ever happens. But the plan is to record on Thursday. And the reason it's called the Xbox Drive is because we will be recording the show while I drive to work. So Dave is the mastermind. He will be recording everything. I will have Dave on my Bluetooth. <laughs> And I'm going to squeeze in a 30-minute podcast on my drive into work. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, obviously, I will tweet out links, and and uh, it'll likely be on iTunes and Google Play. Probably not a YouTube show unless we do just kind of like the logo, but stay tuned for more on that. I've been wanting to do an Xbox show for a while. Obviously, I love doing If We Ran Nintendo with Bobby, and I wanted to do, like, we've done different shows. I kind of wanted to do more, more of a traditional I don't know if that's necessarily the right words. I actually don't even know what Xbox is going to be, but I wanted to have a little bit of focus with, with Xbox because I think they're going to have a pretty decent fall and holiday. And, and I think it's going to be a good time to jump into the Xbox world. Um, also in this new studio, I have now right beside me a like permanent spot for my streaming gear. Like my, my, what the hell is this thing called? My PVR. I don't know. The thing that hooks up the streaming, the stuff to the whatchamacallits. Uh, I have an HD PVR. Uh, that that streams my my gameplay footage gameplay capture holy crap guys i can't believe you paid money on patreon for this um so i haven't decided though where i want to stream um twitch.tv slash on capri or you the nerdy uh, you the nerdy we the nerdy <laughs> youtube.com slash we the nerdy um but i the good news is i don't have to do any more setup like basically i just need to grab my my xbox or my playstation i can just plug it in everything is is super easy from there but my uh, computer's hardwired in. So that's it's kind of exciting, right? I don't know. I just want to play games with you guys, really. Like that's I'm not even looking to just like show you how I play a game. I just kind of want to in if that's a beacon kind of like bo- what Bobby's doing with uh with Splatoon, if we can get together and play some Titanfall or other types of games like Destiny's coming out very soon or Mario versus Rabbids, stuff like that. I just want to uh I just want to engage in that. And there's something this is the how I know I'm introverted. I just want to lock myself in a room and play video games and hang out with people on the internet. <laughs> That's awful. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Nidhogg 2, just in case you guys were wondering. I'm going to do a second opinion on WeTheNerdy.com. Um, David Ray is going to do the the review. That should be up very, very soon. And I've also got my StarCraft Remastered review going up there very, very soon. I just need like a couple multiplayer matches. The cloud saving is a little broken on it, which I was disappointed because I go from my PC to my laptop. But um, other than that, it's StarCraft, man, and it's 15 bucks, and it looks pretty great. I mean, it's not, it's still, it's still original StarCraft. So I have some thoughts I'll get into in my review on 
maybe what they could have done on on the visual side. Like I think it looks I think it looks good. It's obviously better than before, but I think we've seen maybe better uh more high quality refinements from uh from something like that. But anyways, it's only 15 bucks. So how do you go wrong there? My uh, let's why don't we just get into it? Let's get into my my chat with Mr. Grouchy Surge. He's been a longtime supporter as I said. He is a patron. Not that that's required to be on this show, but I just I thought I would call it out. And this is a long time coming. And I'm really happy about this. Here we go. Here he is, Mr. Grouchy Surge. The PC I've got now, I, I bought recently. But the previous one I had for like a decade, and it seemed to just like maybe I just don't do as much crazy, crazy stuff anymore. I don't know all the, the who's it's and the what's it's. But like, are you ready for an upgrade at this point? Um, well, I'd be ready if I actually used a computer anymore. Ever <laughs> since a phone, like as soon as I got a, fr- a smartphone, it's like my computer time died. I started with computers back in college, and um. That was my first real computer, and I played with it, and me and my buddy, uh, my roommate at the time, we had, like, format C colon parties, where we're like, hey, shit, let's just format our computer and start over and see what we can do with it. Because why not? Because that makes it, the, yeah. the thrill of having it, like, a fresh start actually feels kind of good. Isn't that weird? Like, a fresh OS, you're just like, ooh, it's so fast and so snappy. Right, but then you reinstall everything you had, and you're like, oh, that's why I did it. Like, <laughs> or, yeah, or you spend, like, the first little bit trying to get rid of all the crapware that comes comes installed with it. Well, I mean, uh, crap, this was, what, 1996 when I first got a computer, so it's been mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I started building computers for myself, and I would always be like, oh, I need better RAM, buy it, new, you know, new this, new that. And then over the years, it was like, so I think this is the first time I've turned the computer on in like two months. Oh my God. Well, I'm, I'm honored. (laughs) I'm glad that it works because you have, okay, I'm going to get right down to brass tacks here. Can I call you Serge or do you want me to call you Grouchy? (laughs) Uh, Everybody calls me Serge. I'm good with it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm assuming that's your name, but. Yeah, it's actually. (laughs) Um, so this has been a long time coming. Uh, we have been we have been making arrangements for a very long time, but you have like, yeah. a very special privilege, Serge. This oh. is this is the very first video episode. So the fact well, that you I come on with a working computer, video your video looks better than mine, dude. Like you're gonna see when this comes up, mine is all great, and that was part of the delay for this morning. Usually, like I've done video for uh, Nerdflix and Chill, and obviously I do video for uh, if we ran Nintendo. Something's going on this morning. I don't know what it is. It's just because it's going to be the first video episode of, of We the Gamer Cast. Uh, aside from at this point, I should say last week, uh, episode 100 will be will be video of audio clips. It's going to be kind of the video strange. of audio clips. <laughs> so I wanted to. That was a roundabout way of saying I. I hopefully will have made up for the huge delay. And uh, oh, yeah. thank you for your patience, man. It's it's so glad to finally have you on the show. Well, my whole plan is just to ruin the episode for you. Thank um, you. You're going to have to talk for 45 minutes. We're going to have a five-minute chat, and then Jason's going to come up. <laughs> and, and then episode 101 or whatever this is, and We the Gamer Chat is over. That's right. Um, that's okay. Well, no, I actually don't think that that's, that that's possible because it. <laughs> I I get the sense that you actually have plenty to say, Serge. I actually like get the sense that you, you are just on the verge of, of guest 
guesting on every one of the podcasts that is in the community. And I wanted to first kind of get a sense of like, what are all of the podcasts that you, that you either listen to or consider yourself involved in the community? Because I see you everywhere. And it occurred to me as I was grabbing my coffee this morning, I'm like, where did Surge come from? Like, I'm, I'm curious, like where you just sort of like arrived and then you were, you were, you're such a pillar of the community. So I'm curious, like where, what communities are you in? Where do people know you from? Well, this is this is really random for all the the gamer stuff. Um, what had happened was um, my wife and I started listening to a lot of Dave Ramsey because mm-hmm. we were going through the whole get out of debt and whatnot, and you know now we're to the point where we have our emergency fund and we're saving up for a house. And so we were just constantly downloading the podcast, and I'm like, you know what? There's got to be other shit out there to listen to than some <laughs> guy telling me to save my money. Mm-hmm. So I just started searching for, like, Nintendo podcasts, and the first thing that came up was uh, – the first thing that interested me was the Nintendo dads. Mm-hmm. Good SEO. Um, so m- much like with all the other interviews we hear, it seems like uh, they're the gateway drug That's right. to this community. <laughs> so I started listening to them, and – um, the first time I realized there might be other stuff out there was uh, Dave Moore did a guest host. Oh. And they were talking about space, and they were talking about how you know he has like eighteen thousand other podcasts or whatnot. <laughs> so from there, I just kind of started listening to a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You know, I came across if we ran Nintendo and loved it. Um, that was the whole reason I started listening to We the Gamer Cast was because of oh, yours I and Bobby's chit chat and banter back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know just random other podcasts, but. At this point, I just keep adding everything from the community. Doesn't it become um, a bit of a problem? Like, is it just, it, I don't think it's just me. Yeah, no, no, it, it's a huge problem. I don't have <laughs> time in, in my life to listen to all this stuff. I know, <laughs> I saw you tweet the other day, like, I'm, I'm I, you got like a backlog of like 33 hours worth of content or something. I, Serge, I totally, totally, like, I, I connect with that because every week almost, you know, whenever somebody comes on as a content creator, I'm like, gotta check it out. And I, I, you just like one of those, like Mr. Incredible, I got time. I, and I don't got time. <laughs> yeah, there, there's never any time for any of this, but somehow mm-hmm. we squeeze it in and make it work. And it is, no. it's, it's so freaking addicting and I absolutely love it. Now we're into triple digits and it's, and it's thanks to people like you. I'm, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Let me talk to you about your Twitter name because maybe this is an ongoing theme. You've got a backlog in podcasts i'm assuming backlog underscore blues people should follow you on twitter i'm assuming that that refers to gaming backlog or maybe it, movies it, or it just really in general refers to everything. um so when i first decided to start interacting with the uh, community um i have another twitter account and stuff but that's like brought down by like all my poker buddies it has Ooh. a ton of stuff in there and there's like twitter to me is a lot of noise like, especially once you get too many people on there and you're following too much, it's hard to, like, keep up with what you really want to see. Right. So what I did is I created the uh, Backlog Blues, and I'm like, okay, Backlog Blues. Um, yes, I have a huge backlog of games, and every once in a while I try to catch up on it, but I just thought it was catchy and fitting for the community. Yeah. So I started that, and I started adding a couple people randomly here and there, um, and and it's taken on a life of its own now. I, I pretty much don't even use my other one anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I check out updates once in a while, but every time I'm on, it's just it's the video game community. It's what is everybody up to, and mm-hmm. how can I make fun of them or listen to Adam Leonard making fun of other people? Not to brag. Um, <laughs> not to brag. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, that is. I I have to say, managing more than one Twitter account is actually 
harder than it probably should be. I don't know what it is. Like my brain doesn't split the two. So, and I've basically dedicated mine uh, to gaming, obviously. So if, uh, but through work, there's a big push at, at uh, the Alberta Cancer Foundation to engage with your with your social networks. It's oh, like okay. they just discovered social media was a thing, and it's like, guys, like I'm <laughs> I'm on Patreon. Like I, it's so weird. Like I, but it's like I don't really want to cross the worlds too much, and I'm. I don't know. Right. I don't know if it's an. It's not embarrassment because I'm obviously very proud of what the show is and and all the things that we do. But like, if anybody were ever to kind of find out exactly how much I dedicate to this, they might kind of go like, "Hmm, that's a little. Well, that's a lot." I think it's the thing where like the real thing is it's like keeping your personal and work relationships separate, big time. So you know, while you're proud of what you do there and you're proud of what you do on all of this, it's a matter of like I used to blog a lot. And, you know, not like high quality, but just get the thoughts out of my head, write it down. Nice. Um, I did it for like multiple years. And it's like when people at work would start coming up to me like, oh, hey, I read your latest blog. And I'm like, oh, really? Ooh, That's right. <laughs> so what did I misspell and who did I offend today? Right. But it's like like that was something separate. It started as like a poker thing and just writing thoughts for my friends there. And then it just kind of like you know, went downhill for about three years where mm -hmm. I would just talk about anything and everything. But like, as soon as people from work started talking to me about it, it was kind of like, oh, that's kind of a weird crossing of the spaces. So weird at first, but then more comfortable afterwards or a little bit because yeah. um, like normally when you're doing a blog or something like that, you're not face to face with anybody. Totally. You're writing a whole words people will make comments these people you don't see you know i would see a couple people once in a while living in vegas people come out here to visit mm -hmm. so once in a while I'd catch up with some of the people that would comment but when people at work start talking about it next thing you know it's like oh i see you every day and you're talking about something i do personally just to like relieve stress from my head and yep. get everything off my shoulders and yeah it's a little weird at first but you know eventually i just get used to it talk to me about this poker thing you've mentioned it a couple times and i so in canada there was well it happened everywhere but when the nhl went on strike canada went into like this deep dark depression we didn't know what to do with ourselves the winter months happen and it's it's almost complete darkness the entire time so with no hockey on tv poker became what everybody got into and i feel like that actually coincided when it sort of exploded on tv in general i'm i'm Fairly certain that wasn't just isolated to just our country. Oh, so, I'm assuming this was the early 2000s? Totally. Yeah. And that was actually the first time that I'd ever seen Rounders. Um, I started <laughs> watching like movies like 21 and things like that. Just like a whole bunch of gambling movies. I, so I watched Rounders and then a week later played my very first game at Texas Hold'em and won. And I always feel like that was the reason why. I'm like, I learned so much from that movie even though I probably didn't, it was totally like beginner's luck is a real thing. Luck. But that's how all addictions start with pure luck. It totally um, like I could do this every time. I did this one time. Obviously, I can do it every single time. Yeah, that that explains my craps addiction at one point. <laughs> OK, um, let's dive into this gambling, man. This is, let's start with poker. OK, so with poker, I was living in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, and my buddy was in some home games or whatnot. And I've never dived into poker at this point. And this is like right around when it all started exploding. Yeah. But uh, we lived in Erie. So we would drive up to, um, what is it, like Niagara Falls area, like mm -hmm. that to the Indian casinos in New York. And he's like, hey, I'm going to go play some poker. Do you want to come along? And I'm like, sure. So on the way up, he explained the rules to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
literally, I have never paid any attention to this. So he's like, this is what beats this. This is what beats this. And he's like quizzing me. He's like, okay, oh what's the flesh? Uh, if I have this and you have this, who wins? So we go up there and it was like, it was baby games. It was like a one, two limit or something like that. Real low oh, level. Okay. So yeah. I buy in for a hundred and I just try not to do anything. And it's like, I lose like seven bucks the first time. And then uh, the next time I go, I lose like 40 bucks. And he's like, hey, do you want to go again? So this time I'm like, listen, I've got like 100 bucks on me. If I lose any more, I'm just done with this. It's not for me. And so like that time I accidentally win like 40 or 50 bucks. <laughs> of course. Luckily, this is when the poker boom starting. So it's like there's a whole bunch of people coming out and everybody is just as horrible as the next person. You know, the only way you think you're good is if you're getting lucky with the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started playing like they had a really baby no limit game. It was a one one for your blinds with a forty dollar buy in. Okay. So I'm like, I can do this. And is this like tournament style where like you gotta take everything or can you cash out at some point well, and walk it was away? It was just I can buy in if I doubled up and won eighty bucks on my first hand, I could just get up and leave if I wanted. I really that's what I missed. I, none of my friends wanted to play that. So my poker experience was all just our friends and that was a hard like you either won, maybe second place, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and, and I started getting into that as well. And that, that was just all kind of like fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But so playing the one, two, no limit. Sorry, mine doesn't have a cap on it. That's all right. Oh, now we're on video. We can actually explain what what's happening here. <laughs> Serge and I are hydrating. It's as if we, we got just slosh last because night. We got Powerade and water going here, <laughs> but we didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I started playing the one, one games with them, we 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 randomly just started getting a little bit better. We started reading a couple of books, mm-hmm. and it was I'd go up with forty bucks and I'd leave with like sixty or I'd leave with eighty. And you know, six eight months later, it was like him and I were winning consistently, and we're making like a forty five minute drive to the casino three four Ooh, nights a week. Yeah, what's then your we, what's your um what's your attachment at this point? Are you married? Are you are you single? Like, are you able to do this alone and at your free will? We were both single, and we had nothing better to do. It was mm-hmm. either video games or play poker. Nice. So it depended on how tired we were. Right. But the problem is, like with anything like that, the adrenaline rush, we were getting very, very addicted to poker. Mm. So, like, uh, there were times where, like, I would have a day off and he'd be working. So I'd make the hour or so drive up to the casino. I would play till he got out of work, drive home, pick him up, and go back. Whoa. Um, yeah, well, I mean, and like I said, we were just starting with 40 bucks. Yep. Um, yeah, so start- it's actually not even a big deal. Yeah, and it, it wasn't. And the thing is, it's like once you started getting more, though, it was like once I got up to like $100, that's when the money for some reason started meaning something. Mm-hmm. And like that was like a mental block. And then once we finally started winning more and more, it's like next thing you know, we're carrying like $600 around with us. Holy crap. Which was a lot to, for, you know, a guy making $8 an hour working at Sam's Club. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, why, why? that's just a side gig now. If you're playing poker and you're carrying a 600 bucks, Sam's gig is just like, that's that's a steady paycheck. But this is where the real bread is at. And I wasn't making that much every night or anything, but it was right. like, you know, when you're winning, it was just like, oh, we're going to keep this money. This is for poker only. Or if we want to mm. just like go blow something, buy a new video game type deal. Nice. So was, so, your, was your brain kind of like wired for that? Because it seemed like you just sort of picked that up like really quickly. Like I had my first win very luckily, but you seem to pick it up and then continue on unless you're leaving out the parts where you're living in first, a box somewhere because of the poker addiction. No, no, we had, we had a random apartment. <laughs> and like I said, we started like reading books on it and 
Um, during this time is when online started breaking out as well. Mm-hmm. So were you playing played, online too? I literally was playing for pennies online at like party poker and poker stars. Totally. You know, like the one cent, two cent game with a $20 buy-in or something. Mm-hmm. How many tables would you play at the same time? Cause I learned later that like, if you're, if you're really into like quote unquote, really into poker, you play like five or 10 tables at a time because otherwise you're just a noob. Yeah. Like, it so, has this whole, like, community, like, this elitist community around it, which always kind of interested me, slash scared me away. Yeah, when, when I was getting really addicted and everything was all about you get a bonus and then you just have to play so many hands to clear the bonus, mm-hmm. I started trying to play more and more tables and I could get up to, like, ten tables. But it, when you're doing that, you can't even think. You're just like, good hand, good hand, good hand, fold that, fold that, fold that. Mm. You know, you're just hoping that your luck balances out and you're going to hit more than you miss. And at the end of the day, you clear the bonus, and that's what made it worthwhile. So, like, is ta- have you walked away from poker? I get the sense that this is a thing of the past, or are you still sort of like, is, is the itch still there? It is there? still in my blood, in my DNA, and yeah. all the time I constantly think about it. Um, however, I'm saving up for a house. Mm-hmm. So, so what You know happened? a really good way to buy a house, though, Serge? You win it's a boatload of money in poker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um so i love poker um but at one point i was playing poker and like if i was having losing streaks i would just like ah i'll take more money out of the poker account mm-hmm. i'll just pay the bills that way so eventually um and this is no means poker's fault this is my fault for bad money management which started in college mm. <laughs> you know i have debt and whatnot and then i meet the wife and we get together and we start wanting to clear the debt so the first thing i do I'm going to give up the excess. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no more poker except for special occasions. Like when my best friend comes to town, you know, we'll play for a week. But I save that money up so that I have access to it. Right. If I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. And I'm really not that good at it anymore because I haven't played in years consistently. Yeah. So, yeah, but you could probably take a lot of people on still. Like you just you can't beat maybe the guys who have been playing the entire time. But I, I bet you'd only in your sleep. Oh, yeah, you totally. I yeah. mean, you're Canadian. We own Canadian. Yeah, we count one eyed jack for some street for differently in in Texas Hold'em. It's a different. It's actually um, uh, Canadian Hold'em that we play. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. when I come, well, Looney Hold'em. <laughs> but yeah, so, it, but when I play now, though, I'm I'm playing for fun and social. Yeah. It, people are in town. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have a couple beers. I'm gonna joke around with them. I know I've got this income. I'm mm-hmm. okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, once we get in the house, once we get everything situated, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to, I'm just going to save up for a number of months and get myself dedicated poker money. Nice. So, uh, Italian. I can't yeah, help it. Just, I talk a little, just a little pool. I love it. Yeah. I'm right there with you. So, and, and at that point I'll start playing a little bit here and there. Like if I can play like once a week or, you know, twice every two weeks somehow mm-hmm. based on the wife schedule. But so I had to be an adult. So that's why I stopped playing. It's funny how that happens. Is that was that sort of like was there an influence like a good influence for you for, with from your parents? Because every once in a while I'll, I'll kind of go like drinking, for an example. I stopped drinking for for about two and a half years. And it was uh, for a, a dozen reasons. And one one of the reasons was and I don't really talk about this too much is um, a good friend of mine who uh from high school, he ended up taking his own life and he had a big problem with, with alcohol. And it wasn't, I don't necessarily think that it was like directly related. He didn't do it while he was, while he was intoxicated. But I le- later read as I was grieving and going through that mourning process, 
figuring out and learning that that the two are very like are very tied together. So I, I decided I wanted to uh, for another a number of other reasons I wanted to honor him and do the best that I could with my life by taking that out completely and also realizing that at some point I would be a dad and that I would be you know want needing to be an adult and I probably shouldn't be drinking like three times a weekend. And so <laughs> my my reaction to that was like okay I'm going to take it out completely. And now I feel like I'm at with, with, with drinking as you are with poker, which is special occasions, like social events, but it's not like it's Friday. Therefore I'm going to be, you know, hitting the bottle just because it's Friday yeah. rather than kind of like it's a wedding or a celebration or something like that. So just kind of trying to find that moderation. And right. ultimately it came from the realization that I look at my parents and go like they were getting hammered on Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of thing. So maybe eventually I should probably morph into into that. So the question back to you after that diatribe is like where was the where did that influence come from, or was it just kind of your observation that maybe you had to had to become an adult at some point? Well, I mean, uh, the whole thing with becoming an adult, and I'm going to touch on this quickly, but I want to go back to the alcohol thing here real mm. quick. Um, so like with me becoming an adult, it was like, got engaged to my wife. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here, we're planning our future and it's like, well, what do we want and how are we going to get there? And she has completely supported me playing poker whenever I want. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, for people that play poker, you know, that even if you're really good at the game, you're going to have times when you just you suck and you're not doing good and you're not doing good and you're constantly losing. Mm-hmm. I don't want that on my head while we're paying off debt. Yeah. Like, how can I go to the casino and lose two or four hundred dollars and then turn around and be like that four hundred bucks could have just went to paying off like a credit card so that we're that much closer to our goals. Yeah. So that in reality, really what sense. it is. Yeah. In reality, what it is, is. I found the woman that I had been waiting for for like 35 years and it was just like that changed my life. I want to be a better person for her and I'm willing to give up some of my fun because the truth is we paid off our debt. You know, it took us less than a year. Um, We got six months emergency savings in the account so that like if one of us loses the job, we've got six months worth of bills in the bank. Mm -hmm. We don't have to worry about it. And now we're saving for a house. So all of my fun can be put off because once we get in the house, we're debt free. We only have a mortgage, our cell phones and some miscellaneous bills. We've got mm-hmm. extra income so I can deal with it. Well, and the thing uh, is, it doesn't seem like you've given up everything. Like you've actually managed to find a way to save towards your goals. But you still have like I see like pretty recent Amiibo sitting behind you. Like I, you're I, still able to yeah. indulge. And I think that this is this is well, a really cool sort of discussion because I've kind of gone through the similar realization too of like maybe 90 percent of my money shouldn't go towards just fun and ridiculousness and just splurging maybe there is a way to put some money aside for house car wedding ring and things like that i remember when i got engaged to chelsea i was so happy to finally buy the ring because i'm like okay great now instead of putting money aside for the ring i can put money i can now spend money on my mom games and movies especially i was buying dvds at a lot at the time and then oh, I realized yeah. now I've got a wedding to pay for. And then when we paid for the wedding, it's like, okay, great. Now I don't have to now I don't have to spend money on the wedding. I can buy all my toys and my games and my movies. And then I realize, oh crap, we gotta buy a house and then we gotta get kids. like eventually there's the realization that you actually never get that back. But it's that process of learning how to prioritize and learning how to like be able you can 
achieve both and it's just a matter of that prioritization which well, I think it's is a matter of like well prioritization or uh budgeting is really like the big one yep like like i i i think i mentioned it briefly before but i have an addictive personality mm. so when i got hooked on poker like i i was all in i we were going all the time like i said there was one time in Erie where we started to have a winter storm mm-hmm. and they said that it was going to be pretty bad and you should probably just, you know, not go out driving. So mm-hmm. me and my buddy took his uh, SUV to Sam's Club, bought new winter tires so that we could <laughs> drive the 45 minute drive to the casino and play poker. Yep. Well, you're safe. Um, well, <laughs> the, the problem is the snow winter was tires. It took us three hours to get there. Oh, my gosh. And, nobody, and, and then there was barely anybody playing because the weather was so bad, which we mm-hmm. weren't thinking of. We were just like, oh, well, the weather's going to be horrible. Let's just put new tires on it and then totally. we'll go. But, you know, we were constantly doing stuff like that. Um, you know, same thing growing up with video games. Um, when I was young and playing video games, it's like that was the only thing I, I was like, I need to play. I need to play. I need to play. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said earlier, I wanted to come back to the alcohol thing, which is, you know, I, I've been lucky enough, lucky enough at the right points in my life to have essentially strong women that mm. kind of give me that little smack. Yep. Like with the wife, you know, I would still have debt today if we didn't get together and start going through this process together. But instead, I'm in such a better place. Right. Um, when shortly after I was out of college. Um, I, w- I was dating this chick, and she was still in school, and we were engaged. I think we were together for a total of, like, five years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but that ended, and I took it awful. So I had this five-year relationship, my longest ever, and, like, the first person I ever thought I was truly in love with. Mm-hmm. That ended, and at the same time, a friend was going through something similar. So we would just be like, oh, hey, you know, you want to just, like, go out to the bar, get a drink or two after work today? We're like, sure, let's do that. And then... uh I don't remember the conversation, but my mother told me about it later. Mm. So I had come home once. It was like probably two thirty three in the morning because the bars closed in that particular town, mm-hmm. which is That's nice because it's never closed. Everything's mm. always open. Oh, but, wow. So I had come home and evidently puked everywhere. Oh, um, awesome. And at this point, because the relationship ended, I moved back in with my parents to till I got back on my feet. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the thing with this week is um, my mom, when I came home, she basically looked at me and she's like, what were you doing tonight? And I was like, oh, I was out drinking with some friends. And she's like, do you realize how many nights in a row you've now come home at three in the morning after the bars have closed? And when I thought about that after she brought it up again, it had literally been probably five straight nights that week. Yeah. So I was working at 530 in the morning, drinking till 230 in the morning. Oh, my God. Coming home, showering, taking a nap. And going back to work, and it's like, hey, you want to go have a beer after work? So we have a beer, we have a drink. Next thing you know, it's like, ah, let's not just have one. Next thing you know, it's two in the morning. Mm-hmm. So once that happened, I, you know, I kind of like sat back and I was like, you know, I know alcoholism runs in my family. Mm-hmm. I didn't even until I was 21 because I was like, I have seen so much alcoholism that I was just like, I'm going to avoid the traps. I'm going to wait until I'm older and smart enough to handle it. Right. So. At that point, I was just like, okay, I, I can't do this anymore. And I quit for like seven years. Holy crap. Good for you. I, I took some time off. Yeah. And and then when I started going out again, it was just, uh, you know, once in a while with some coworkers or some friends, a couple social drinks, mm-hmm. you know, and now I'm to the point where, uh, sure, I go out and get drunk once in a while, like for a big occasion. But 
I have a beer at home, maybe right. one or two after work once in a while. And, and my wife and I make a thing of it and we go try new flavors and whatnot. But yeah, mm. it's, I have to break that bond completely or I have no chance. Right. So, so do you think that like taking the break until, well, not the break, but like holding off until 21, like there was obvious like conscious try like an avoidance of what is truly hereditary do you think that that either played into or like is there just no avoiding it in a way that like i mean you were obviously aware and and i'm just trying to figure out like like how would you do things differently like would you would you no i i love everything i did i like i I had friends that drank in high school yeah and and like the lucky thing for me is i i picked mostly the right friends so like if we were party and they were drinking they just knew i didn't drink so they right. weren't like, oh, hey, have a beer. Oh, hey, have this. They were right. just like, oh, sir, nope, nope, that's Serge. He doesn't drink. Don't bother him. Yeah, He'll I literally out. had people pouring beer down my throat. Yeah, no, I, I was, I was lucky. I was, I was the fat kid. I had a good sense of humor, and everybody loved me. And they were just like, that's what you want to do. That's cool. We that's won't. That's awesome, we won't. man. But it's like I just, I grew up, and I've always had a fear of punishment. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get Italian caught. household. In high school, yeah, Italian high school, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like I don't want my mom being mad at me. I yeah. don't want that type of disappointment that I'm not going to talk to you for two days because you were just really stupid and we've warned you against this. Yeah. Uh, then when I went to college, it was the same thing. I had a uh, had some friends that smoked pot, mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm old enough. I'll try it once. Uh, I got paranoid as hell. Yeah, man. When, I was like, I was like, they're they're gonna come, they're gonna catch it. I'm gonna get kicked out of school, and I was just like, I can't do this. Yeah. So, you know, it just was that a the, one and done type of experience. I think I tried it twice. Yeah, I'm and the it same. just, I, I got paranoid both times, and I think I drank a gallon of cool Kool Aid. Well, you know, everybody that gets the so thirsty. appealing right now. I don't know what it is about that. That sounds amazing. Oh, I've got such great nostalgia for Kool-Aid. I used to, totally unrelated, but just as kids, that would be, we would have Kool-Aid, like lime green Kool-Aid. We would grab a bowl of microwave popcorn, which my house, I, my, my mom hates when I tell this story, but our microwave was so shitty, like that our microwave couldn't microwave microwave popcorn. Like it just, oh. it just, I don't know what it did. It it just burnt the seeds. So I always have really great nostalgia for, for, uh, Kool-Aid microwave popcorn and playing like Parasite Eve on, on PlayStation one over at neighbor Matt's house. Awesome. I freaking love it. Oh man. Well, I could, man. Okay. So I'm, I don't want to dwell on this too, too much. Um, but if, just because you brought it up, you mentioned you were sober for seven years. Did you know? Because I can I can relate on a much smaller level in that I would like not even a, a drop for for two and a half years, um, but I don't think I ever intended for that to be permanent. I don't I I figured I think that I always knew that eventually something would come up like the birth of a son or the the wedding of a best friend or something right. like that where I would want to like be responsible or have a have a responsible kind of like one or two drinks kind of thing. The seven years was that was that intended on being permanent was it like this aa track was of like no lifetime achievement process at all just there was just, i'm the same i i have a i obviously have a problem if i've come home that late this many times in a row but was it the was five like, I, where you where you made the, the decision you said five times well, in a row like i said it was when someone pointed it out to me mm-hmm. because when you're doing like i didn't realize 
how much I'd been going out. Mm-hmm. It was just I would work and then I'd go out with friends. And it was just it was it was that was the one where she just decided that she was going to point it out to me and be like, hey, I'm not telling you how to live your life, but, but... I'm telling you that this is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, man, what the hell is happening right now? Mm-hmm. So there was no like my conscious decision was, OK, I need to stop or I need to cut back or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just distance myself from that behavior. Right. There, I, I didn't go into it with like, oh, I need to, you know, take a year off so that I can have it under control or anything. It was just I wasn't in that environment at the time um, mm-hmm. that me and my buddy started playing poker a little bit more. I just started hanging out with a different crowd or when I was like with those friends, we would do something different. I'd be like, you know what? I don't want to get drinks tonight. Not feeling it type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, then I moved to Vegas and you know, just occasionally have like a beer or two there. So now I'm in a completely different environment where, you know, I'm not with the group of friends that it like my whole thing with them is this is what we do. We drink. Yeah. But you're in Vegas. Well, (laughs) so Vegas to me was more of a gambling destination than a party destination. Yeah. But it's like, is it like the capital of indulgence? You know, like I, I want Zach Erickson to look, listen to this, and I, I'd like him to to comment on the both of us actually, because I think there's probably there, that might actually be some some form of like official approach. It's almost like facing your fears kind of thing, and it's like, well, if I if I'm really going to overcome this, there's only one place to do it, and that is Las well, freaking Vegas. <laughs> for me, and and this probably sounds like complete bullshit, but for me, Vegas was moving for my health. Yeah. I uh I have bad asthma. So living in mm. Pennsylvania, I was up in Erie right by the lake. Um I'm allergic to fresh cut grass. I'm allergic to trees and no. dogs. Oh, yeah, so I'm allergic to everything. So when people cut the grass in the summer, I have trouble breathing. Oh man. Uh, in the winter, it's so humid that it gets so cold that inhaling the air hurts. So I'd have to wear something over my mouth to warm the air up before it got to my lungs. I was wondering when the true nerd was going to come out, Serge. I was wondering where that was, because up until now, you seem way too cool. But yeah, allergic to everything. That's that's oh, nerd yeah. DNA right there. So so I would I would take like random vacations to Vegas with friends and they were all just we're going to go out. We're going to play poker for a week and come home. Mm-hmm. So when I was out here and it didn't occur to me the first trip or two, but. I, I could breathe. Mm-hmm. I didn't have troubles. I could walk long distances and not be like, <gasps> yeah, right. The time it hit me was I fly from, and we came out here in August. So it's, mm-hmm. it's 110 degrees. Oh my God. It's a dry heat, Sean. It's a dry heat. Who? No, no, <laughs> that makes zero sense. Dry heat, wet heat, whatever. Oh. It's all that's oh. way too hot. I'm going to agree with all that. I hate being outside in the summer. I like being in the air condition. Mm-hmm. So when people complain to me about the heat, I'm like, you can come out and visit. It's going to be 112 degrees, but our ass is going to be in a casino where it's 72 degrees. Oh, who likes that? Nobody likes that. Anybody oh, tells no, you that they I, do is lying to your face. Yeah. Coming from the perspective of I'm a fat kid who <laughs> I hate being in the heat during that. Yeah. However, coming from the perspective of I have asthma, this weather makes me breathe better mm-hmm. so, so i come out here i'm out here for a week i don't have any problems breathing mm-hmm. i fly into pittsburgh to go home six in the morning as soon as i step off that plane all the humidity hits me oh my god i feel 20 pounds heavier all of a sudden my breathing gets a little heavier and i'm like oh fuck this <laughs> move. get back up on the plane get out of there 
I'm like, I- I'm moving to Vegas. And like a couple of friends and I, we had joked about it. We're like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to move to Vegas. And um, like six months previous, one of my best friends from high school moved to Vegas. Yeah. You know, he moved out here. He found the job. And I'm like, you know what? This is it. So I went back to work the next week. And I'm like, I, I'm starting to apply for transfers. I'm I'm going. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I got an offer, I was like, bam, pack up the car, drive across the country. Everything that I couldn't put in my car, I told my parents to sell off and put towards their bills. Really? Yeah. And granted, they probably gave that money back to me somehow. Right, but right. Like I was, good you know, Italian parents would. That's totally, that's such a. And have golf clubs, for instance. And right. I'm like, I'm not going to make room for them. I can buy some later. Mm. But I packed up. Um, I left a TV because I figured I'd just buy one. Yep. I bet but pawn I shops up, are great there. Yeah, I packed up clothes and video games. Literally, nice. that's all I had with me. Mm-hmm. So I moved out here, moved in with my buddy for a while, and, you know, just started it. And it was like, I love Vegas. It's there. There's a lot of pitfalls out here. Yeah. And when I moved out here, I got horribly addicted to craps. But it's like, if you avoid the casino area... You can live a regular life. So My talk wife, to me about that. Chelsea and I are fascinated by this concept. We know, obviously, that people live in Las Vegas. We talk about this more often than a normal Canadian couple should. But, like, what what is life in Las Vegas for somebody who is not a tourist, who is not working at one of the casinos? Like, there there obviously is life outside of the, the tourism strip. Yeah, there, so for me, you know, me and my wife, we wake up, we go to work, we come home, we take care of the kids. We go to shopping centers. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Las Vegas has some perks that I didn't have in Pennsylvania. Right. Like I can go to Walmart and buy my beer. Mm-hmm. You know, in Pennsylvania, it was like you had to go to a liquor store or a beer store. Oh, really? You couldn't buy on Sundays. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, so my for- entire experience in the States has been in where in the areas where you can buy beer and booze in just in a like a 7-Eleven, which yeah. I think is amazing. But it, like I it's like that for us. Ask backward states is yeah. really what it down well, to. all of just, Canada, it's all liquor stores. You can't, yeah. which is hilarious when an American company comes up to Canada and sets up. So like Safeway, for example, I used to work at, at Safeway here and there is codes and everything for the Safeway, like in the grocery store to sell liquor. But obviously that they couldn't do that. So it was all separate right. out in the, well, out in those stores. So when I was in Pennsylvania, we have this gas station called Sheets. Mm-hmm. And I really love their really awful chili cheese dogs. Oh but yeah. They, uh, they opened up one where they started in Altoona mm-hmm. and they, they created a dining area with seats where people could come in, order their fast food and go sit. Yep. So because they had a seated area, they tried to get classified as a restaurant and get a liquor license. Mm, that's smart. I don't think it ever worked, but <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, I remember where we were before getting off on that tangent. <laughs> uh, I mean, we were probably just getting started. I think we we're just oh, saying hello to each other. Life in Vegas. Life in Vegas. So, um, you know, I, I live on the street called Charleston. 15 minutes up the street, uh, they have a couple of casinos. One's called Red Rock Casino because mm-hmm. the mountain area up there is called Red Rock. Um, but if you drive up there, there's like a nice little touristy area. Yeah. Uh, there's people that ride their bikes along these trails every day. Uh, you can go in. You can. There's areas to like climb and whatnot. I love taking the kids up there. So you can mm-hmm. go hiking within 15 minutes of where I live. And do you? Um, we have, yeah, not as much as I'd like. Well, the problem here is you don't want to hike in the winter because How it's come? too cold. Well, because it's like colder. Define and, colder. Um. Well, in <laughs> in January and February, sometimes you get down near freezing or below for like a week. Right. 
<laughs> but it's but, not like you don't. The thing is, you don't really have like below freezing like clothing. I'm sure. It's, like I'm looking at my like to the, to my right is a full closet of sweaters. Yeah, I being fat my whole life, I've always been extra warm, mm-hmm. and um. So even when I lived in Pennsylvania, like my winter jacket was not a winter jacket for most people. Mm. But it's just, I don't know. But Maybe you look I'm... thin. What it's... happened? Like, okay, let, I'm going to just totally take this, derail this a little bit. Because it looks like you, you've described yourself as a fat kid a number of times. I Did have you changed... just stop eating? Well, okay, I weigh 265 pounds right now. I don't I'm... believe it. I Nobody has to believe it except for me and my scale. But Fair. I... At one point, was over 300. Yeah. And I started eating better and exercising. And then my wife and I got engaged. And I was just like, well, screw this. I'm getting thin for the wedding. Oh, good so, for you. Uh, by the time we got married, I was down to about 220. Yep. And I take her to Hawaii. And what? Uh, here's my downfall. Women. Mm. Women are my downfall. It's what happens. Women, we go to Hawaii, women are your downfall? Yeah. Everything's my downfall. Well, <laughs> but, I think you're being way too hard on yourself. Yeah. It's a joke. Yeah. But yeah. for this story, women are my downfall. God. So we go to Hawaii <laughs> and, and like literally for the past year, year and a half, going from three hundred to two twenty, I uh I was eating better yeah. and exercising. I would eat some salads and we go and she's what like, was the biggest work. change that you made when you say eating uh, better? Well, uh getting rid of fast food. Okay. Yep. That'd do it. That's a big one there. I mean, I started eating salads and stuff like that, but to me, a salad is more unhealthy because I load it with ranch and I of put course. cheese. And but it was, you know, getting rid of like the fast food, not going out and getting a baconator, which is eighteen hundred oh, calories or yeah. whatever. Delicious. I know. Like I want one right now. Just drooled. We got a oh. bacon power poster right behind you. Like obviously, there's a love for bacon. I used to in my old job. I used to have a huge like a superhero screaming bacon attached to the wall. It was yeah. it was ridiculous. But so we go to Hawaii, right? We're out there and my wife's like, we're on vacation. This is our honeymoon. Mm -hmm. Let's just indulge a little. I'm like, I can do that. We're only here for a week. And we found amazing, disgusting food that I can't wait to go back and eat again. (laughs) But but then we come back and, you know, I start getting back in the routine Mm -hmm. and pregnant. So now I've got a woman who's telling me I need to run to Sonic and get her a chili cheese dog. Yeah, man. That's real. Straight in the from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm-hmm. And then she wants this one particular drink from another place. So I'm literally like making this loop of like, oh, I buy this one here, buy this one here, and coming home. And then I'm coming home and I'm eating my salad or I'm eating something. And then the one day I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. I'm going to start eating something too. And I fell off the bandwagon. And, you know, Dude, it's from- hard. That is real. I was I was made I ca- fun of big nah. time at work because I said like I had gained some weight when when Chelsea was pregnant, and then I, I made some sort of like I you know pregnancy weight or something. I made made an offside joke like that, and one of the ladies at work was like, "Oh, were you pregnant too?" And I'm like, like "No, no, but it's real. <laughs> like this is a thing. That's when you know." Anyway, I totally understand, man. It's it's for real. I thought it was a joke, but yeah, no, not a joke. Nope. You, know, you you fall into those habits, you know. The wife's going to eat because she's eating for two, and she has weird weird cravings. Mm-hmm. You fall into that, and so you know. Now um, we decided that over the course of the next year or so, we're going to lose a bunch of weight because yep. it's about time. <laughs> When's so, the yeah, wedding? Gained, uh, the wedding? It was three years ago. Oh, okay. So, uh, what was your journey towards that then? Like, did you? What did you get down to? Um. 
before the wedding, the lowest I was was like 207. Dude, that's awesome. Right. But then, and they warned me during trying on the outfits, they're like, yeah, but you're going to get nervous and you're probably going to put on some weight. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. I, steadfast. And, and then the wedding hit and I'm 220 and I'm like, I'm cool with that. 220 is good. 220 is good. 220 is good. But, you know, thing. it's like the Matrix thing where where the Oracle warns Neo to, like, don't worry about the vase or the vase. And he knocks it over. And it's like, would you have knocked it over if she didn't mention anything? Like, would you have put on weight if they didn't say, you know, yeah. you're, pro- you're going to get nervous? And you're like, wait, that's a thing? Okay. It was head. Oh, that- man, the mind games. Now, I, I have to have a- Holy crap. Well, I don't want to run out of time before I ask you, like, what are you playing, man? <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you game in? What let's talk about games for a second. Oh, video games. Okay. Um I'm not playing this, but I picked Ooh. this up sent to me, buddy. Mm-hmm. Comic Zone on the Genesis for those listening. Yeah, That's he's a been stellar a looking uh cartridge, man. Uh we have a used video game shop in town and he gets some trade ins and stuff, so the one day I went over there and it was just sitting there. Mm-hmm. I picked up that and I picked up like uh Kung Fu and Ninja Gaiden two on the Nintendo. So yeah, I I have a problem. I'm a I'm a retro gamer. Uh huh. With, without time to retro game, of course. I have trouble getting my normal stuff in. Dude, that is and so stellar. It looks it looks brand new. I can't wait to hook it up and play it because I remember wasting a lot of time on that game as a kid. Yeah. Right now, I I pretty much turned into just a Switch player. Oh, okay, I, uh, nice. You know, I, I have all the systems. Mm-hmm. I'm sure to buy the Xbox and the PlayStation 4 before move, before we got married. Yep. That way Smart. I don't have to justify spending, you know, oh, hey, I have to buy this and another controller and two games. It was like, hey, hey, we're married. This is what I have. Totally. You got to be okay with it before. That's way better. That's, that's yeah. smart. She knows what she's getting into. Yeah, she knew me. Yeah. <laughs> so the system's coming out, though. That's the conversation. <laughs> Chelsea um, made the mistake of opening up about games, and I'm like, okay, well, I will try to over, I will try to outdo you any day. I walked into her condo one day, and she was playing Ocarina of Time. Like, this is over. We are, we're getting married one day. Oh, throw down, man. Mm-hmm. So, I have my Xbox One, which I don't use. Oh, that's the narrative I'm hearing everywhere, man. It breaks my heart. So, well, the last generation, I I played the 360 a ton. Yep. The beginning, and then near the end, I played more PS3. Mm-hmm. So on this time, you know, the PlayStation 4 came out, and and I just love the PlayStation 4, and I love the exclusives. Yeah, man. And and I have the Xbox One, but there's nothing on there drawing me to it. Mm-hmm. Like, the games that I like on Xbox, like, I would play Halo, but only with friends. Yep. I would play Gears, but only with friends. Right. So all the games that I want to play on Xbox, I don't have the friends around me to play. Or, you know, my friends that I play with are in Pennsylvania, three time zones away. And we work different shifts. Yeah, man, so, that's tough. Um, the PlayStation sits in the living room, mm-hmm. which at this point has become a Netflix player for the two-and-a-half-year-old. Nice. He wants to watch cartoons, or he wants to watch YouTube videos. So normally, when we're home and the TV's on, I'm playing some sort of some sort of you know cartoon. Yeah. So I have my Switch. Yeah, man. Um, 55 hours into Zelda, and I, I, I purposely put it down every time I beat a Divine Beast. Yep. I'm like, oh, I've gone through, I beat it, I'm going to go play other games for two months now. That's exactly how uh, I'm playing it. Yeah, I mean, I love the game, and mm-hmm. each Divine Beast is basically a boss. So I was cool, I put like 45 hours into it when I first started. Yep. Beat Divine Beast, and I'm like, I'm good. I don't want to get burned out, because I, I have a I have a burnout period with video games, and it's mm-hmm. like 
the 50 hour mark. It's pretty good, Serge. Like, like if I put 50 hours into a video game in a short period of time, I may never go back to it. Mm-hmm. So with Zelda, I'm like, this game is so good. I'm just, I'm going to stop now. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at one point, uh, I played Fallout 3 for about 50 hours and then quit. Yep. I put about 45 hours into the first Assassin's Creed and quit. I put, Like for good or just well, took your break? I put, and this is just what I noticed later. Right, I, okay. 52 hours into the Dragon Age Origins. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and there was another Artone Nelico on the PS2 I was like 42 hours into. Did you beat Origins or was that like 52? And no, then... I, did, I went back to all of those and finally oh, beat them. Okay. But when I did it, I like went back and I'm like, oh, you know, I haven't played Fallout in a while. And I was like, damn, I put 50 hours into it and just walked away for the past two years. So I went through and I beat it. It took me about 100 hours almost exactly. Oh, man. And, then I was like looking at the save files randomly. I'm like, oh, Dragon Age Origins. And I looked at the time. I'm like, oh, I quit that one at the same time. And then I was like, Assassin's Creed. That one was getting close. I was like, so it for whatever in my brain, if I hit that, that hour mark too mm-hmm. quickly, I'm just like, I need something new. And sometimes I don't go back for two years or more or maybe never. So I, I try to avoid that now by, by switching it up. And, you know, Zelda is going to be a 200-hour game for me. Yeah. Oh my god. So the funny thing is, as you're talking there, I'm like, I'm trying to remember when all those games would have come out, but I'm pretty sure like Fallout 3 would have been like 2010 or 2011 or something like that. Origins would have been 2009 or 2008 or something like that, even still. So, the same time frame. Well, they were still kind of staggered by years, though, where I'm looking at like 2017 and it's like near Automata, Neo. Persona oh. 5, Horizon, Zelda, like just off the top of my head, there's five. Easily, oh. you could spend 100 hours in, in all of those games, even though I didn't, yeah. I spent a fraction of that in Horizon. I could have just wandered around. There was still a lot for me to do when I walked away from that. So it's like, it's funny to see as we get older and have more responsibilities, these things like piling up and to round things back to your Twitter backlog underscore blues. <laughs> the backlog is as harsh as I think it has ever been. And I feel like I do feel like the console, like the, like if, if the console cycle were to be announced that it was ending in a year now, basically as of like this moment, it's starting to make sense to me because we're just yeah. getting this like huge critical mass of games. And it's like, you kind of need that, that separation where you get into a new console life cycle where there is nothing where people are still figuring out how to, how to make games for that. And I wonder right. if we're, we're going to get can, to that again. Yeah. Cause you can play some new stuff on the new systems, but you have this amazing library of old stuff that just came out literally a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but so for me, I'm, I'm trying to make the decision as an adult to not buy a ton of new games. Mm-hmm. Like, so that leads into my I, very final question that I always, that I always do, which is, so without with this this newfound responsibility and restriction and restraint, what what do you got on deck for the rest of 2017? The rest of 2017, um, it, switch, 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 and maybe Persona Five. I love it. I love but, it. Yeah, Persona Five. It, it's so hard because I can only play when the kids aren't around. You know, the right. two and a half year old's not going to watch me playing that, and the twelve year old's going to want to play. So, mm-hmm. but. You know, with the Switch, it's like, um, I love Has-Been Heroes. Oh, nice. Do you? I haven't heard great oh, news yeah. about it. I put in over 50 hours in that game, and I'm not even close <laughs> to beating it. It's just it, it's just a nice little strategy game, and it's 
you know, kind of like other things. You can pick it up and play for an hour, you can play for two hours, and mm -hmm. then you can just walk away. And, you know, roguelikes are like that. Right. You can just make a couple of runs randomly. Um, I am playing a lot of, what's the game? Graceful Explosion Machine. Nice. I, I saw it when it first was coming out, and I like that type of game sometimes. Mm -hmm. So when it was on sale, I picked it up, and Ooh, yeah, I probably put in like 15 hours in the past week on it. Yeah, man. But I, I picked up Cave Story because I heard it was good, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Very, very um, good game. I hear Weed the Nerdy gave it a good review. Yeah, and then I picked up some... Yeah, you hear that, dude? <laughs> yeah, I heard. Uh, I picked up, like, Shovel Knight, and I picked up... Uh, Have you played Day Shovel Knight before? Um, no, no, I haven't. I love For whatever that. reason. And I love those old games. Like, I'm a huge fan of, like, Mega Man and stuff like that. Totally. But for whatever reason, just didn't get into it. So now that I have it, I've gone through and I've beaten a level. And mm -hmm. I've got, like, a lineup of Switch games that'll take me through the next couple of months so that I can wait for the big sales to happen. That's where I'm at, too. And even when the sales are coming now, I'm like, do I even need this sale? It's almost like, like you realize some games are are pretty the usual suspects when those sales do come up you're like you know that that certain games will go kind of half well, price not only that but i i have the problem where um i'm an addictive buyer so mm, i me too. buy because i think maybe i'm gonna play it mm -hmm. and then like a year later i'm like oh that was a black friday sale all 18 of those games yep done so why not so this year i'm trying to make the decision that if i'm buying stuff it's going to be stuff i could like i picked up splatoon 2 yep and me and the 12 year old we passed the controller back and forth and love we love it. that game yeah man. i picked up mario kart because me and the 12 year old can play that so i'm trying to get him more involved in my gaming instead of less involved mm -hmm. okay um, i said before i had one last question which was the 2017 but you just reminded me of a tweet right. that you sent out i need to to figure out where your mind is at and then uh, i'll let you get back to your beautiful las vegas weather <laughs> um, you were talking about trading in some stuff to buy something. Oh, yeah. Tell me, uh, let's let's give some context uh, around the story. Let's see where you're at. Uh, first of all, I, I saw an ad, and that it, like I have a 12 year old who doesn't like to do anything, mm. so I'm trying to motivate him. And we came up with like a chore list. Hey, if you do this stuff, and I made him a deal. I was like, if you can earn you know, half the price of the switch. If you can earn $150 over the course of however many months, yep. I'll pay the rest of it and we will get you a switch. I love that. Um, you know, and then his birthday hit and my parents gave him 40 bucks and I was like, okay, this is the only time I'm going to make the exception. But if you want to put that towards it, yeah, you know, that's fine. You don't have to earn that portion. He totally earned it by <sighs> celebrating a birthday. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I'll give you a pass. Sure. This sure. Day, but this well, way, he this, may have to make the decision to, <laughs> keep that money for that instead of spending on something else. So that counts for something, I guess. Spinners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I saw the thing on GameStop where they're like, Hey, you can trade in stuff towards a switch and um, like a PS4, they were given $200 for mm. towards pretty the switch. Good. And I, well, and that's the thing is like, I was like, eh, but then like I go to the pawn shops once in a while and they sell PS4s in a pawn shop for like between 200 and 220. Yeah. So I'm like, that's pretty much street value, and I don't have to deal with meeting somebody on Craigslist. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, and then they were like, the Xbox One, they'll give 154, which is a little undervalued as well because they sell for 179 at the bond shops here. Yep. But I'm like, if I was going to go good. out and sell them separately, that's pretty close to what I can get. I mm -hmm. mean, it's not ripping myself off by an amount. So I was thinking, if exactly. I trade those in, I can get the Switch, and I can just wait for him to get his money. And like the day he's like, hey, I got it, and I'll be like, boom, here you go. Nice. You know, hopefully get like the Splatoon 2 version or something for him because he just really wants to play that a lot. Mm -hmm. 
so that's where my mindset was is like i'm always thinking of how what can i do for the kids to just surprise them you know whether they're being brats or whether they're being good like i overdo christmas yeah i'm horrible at it my wife knows it i know it it's it's i want to give stuff to people so like so nice you know here we are in august and i'm trying to figure out how to get him a switch even though he hasn't earned any of his money yet yep so serge you and i are so similar in that way too because it's almost like like i would describe it the way that like i look at when i get into those modes and it's almost like a bit of a fixation it's almost like a bit of an obsession of like i've got this great idea i'm gonna figure out like a really great way to pull this off and that's that's what i see in you and it almost like for me, I've been caught in these situations where people think I'm just being like either obsessive or even selfish. I'm like, I'm really just trying to do something really nice for this person, but I hope it, I hope it all works out. I hope that, uh, nobody is getting in your ear about the regret of trading things in. And even as I'm saying it, I'm like, I hope that that's not putting anything in there because well, it does sound like a really great solution for, for a great proposition. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I, I had picked up a second PS4 randomly because mm-hmm. I wanted the Vader one. Yep. So sweet. So I I have one in the bedroom, one in the living room. Yep. But I'm not gaming on them. So really, it's a Netflix player, and I can play Netflix on anything. I I can pick up a Blu-ray player and play Netflix on it if I wanted, or a TV. Yeah, man. You know, I have the Xbox One that's not sitting there, not doing much. And down the line, will I play it? Yes. But you know, maybe a couple years later, I pick up a used Xbox One S and get the 4K Blu-ray player in it. Mm -hmm. So I have stuff sitting around. And I'm not doing anything with it, so why take the money and spend it when I could just trade something in that I'm not using with no regrets? Mm-hmm. So that no money regrets. can instead, you know, go <laughs> – that money <laughs> instead can go to the house or something. Yeah, man. You know, anything that will get us one step closer to that house. And our goal is next year move into the house and then truly, you know, start all the family stuff. Like this is where we're living. This is your foundation. I freaking love. Well, I'm sure that you'll Crack be posting. I'm sure you'll be posting all those milestones and celebrations on Twitter. So, as if we haven't mentioned it already, tell everybody where they can find you. And also, um, I want to do something a little bit different. I, I like I said, you're involved in so many different communities. Um, you're you're listening to all these different podcasts. Tell those tell those podcasters right now which ones you you'd like to be a guest. I think you need to be a guest on more shows. I need to hear more from you, Serge. Hold on, let me pull my phone up real quick. Okay. Um, I, I'm so bad with names on the spot. Me too. Because and it's I'm because old. somebody it's puts you on the spot. You're like, your brain just like shuts down. That's that's exactly what my brain does anyways. Yes. And here I am. Which I wanna... great for when you're recording. Yeah. And I totally want to try stand-up comedy before the year's over. So Dude, talk about that would be amazing. Um, like, I love the warp whistle. What's up, um, Mark In Harry? fact, I know um, he had that second show he was doing talking about like, Flashing back to old games. The greatest games of so, all time. Come on, Mark. Let's do this. I actually reached out to him and told him I wanted to do one for uh, the original Castlevania, if he ever got around to that. Yeah, man. Um, I just started listening to Flux Deposed. Oh, I love it. Um, oh, I still hi, have, Mark. I still have shelved and forgotten on my phone because Aww. I missed the show. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, Nintendo PlayStation, the Game Moose podcast. I love those guys. Brock, Brian, Drew. What's up? Uh, uh, Power Pros, which I really Ooh. enjoy. Nintendo Dads, Mega Dads Live, um, Generational Gamers, which I I was on with Johnny the one time. Gotta so. go, gotta get back. Okay, so all of those guys, all it be like you could spend the next half a year just guesting. You could be a professional guest uh, guest host. 
on all these different podcasts. I've had a great time. Okay, so your Twitter once again, uh, uh, at backlog underscore blues. Serge, thank you so much for your time this morning, dude. This was this was a delight. This has been fun, senor. That's Grouchy Surge. You guys have probably been wondering, what does he sound like? What does he look like? Well, now, thanks to this show and thanks to it being on YouTube, you know. That is it. That's Grouchy Surge. You can follow him on Twitter at Backlog underscore Blues. And I wanted to, we, we, we obviously we kept, we don't just hang up on people, uh, not normally, right after we're done. <laughs> but I, I wanted to give a shout out to, to Surge because right after we, we started we did we recorded the show he told me that i should have rebranded the show at episode 100 to be called sweet hangs and or was it maybe when we went over to day space maybe that's what it was and i'm like that is such a no-brainer dude because i've always i've always thought we the gamer cast is hard to find actually and and people spell it wrong all the time and they call it we the nerdy cast or they call it something else but anyway thank you so much to to Mr. Grouchy Surge. Hardly grouchy, by the way, so thank you again. And that music, by the way, Donkey Kong, it was a, it was from ocremix.org and a twist on the old Funky Kong song, if you guys were wondering. Remember, you can follow me at Sean Capri, Sean Lake Connery, Capri like the pants. Follow the website, We the Nerdy, the, the show We the Gamer Cast. And um, you can also find me on a couple other shows, one brand new, the Xbox Drive. We're going to record it while I'm driving to work, so it's a pun, sort of, and I, I like that a lot. Uh, follow that on Twitter, at the Xbox Drive. I'm also If We Ran Nintendo with Mr. Bobby Pauls, and this show is on an amazing network of podcasts. Check out dayspace.com for a variety. Remember, there's, remember that there's Forget Being Cool. Remember to forget being cool, and the Nintendo PlayStation podcast on there as well. You can support the show. Continue to make it better. We're very close for having some of your favorite guests come back for uh, for recurring shot. We're going to do two more We The Gamer casts every month when we hit that $150 mark. So thank you guys for your support, and thank you for everybody who uh, continues to come on board. Remember, I will be writing a review for the StarCraft Remastered and a second opinion on Nidhogg. And that's it, really, for for my own stuff. I want to thank our uh, our artists, Gary Gray and Adam Leonard, our video designer, Antonio Guillen, our producer, Dayspace.com. And uh, just a shout-out next week, 102. Mark Carabin, the Warp Whistle podcast. Finally, it's happening. The Canardian is here. Otherwise... This is episode 101 of We The Gamer Cast. It's now in your ears and your eyeballs. Thank you for listening and watching. I'll be back next week. I hope you're there too. Now it's time for Jason. Jason, it is time for Jason. Yeah. Jason. 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 Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 
Jason! Jason! Jason! Jason!